0: welcome back to my podcast of speak your damn mind i'm your host serena lately and i want to say thank you to all those who have continually to support me uh, throughout this journey thank you for supporting this podcast and my dear black woman um it has been a blessing and i do apologize for this long-awaited podcast however life is happening Happening to me, it's happening around me, so it I just have to flow where it goes. I must also warn you that this may be a triggering episode for you. I shall be talking about death, the death or the dying of my grandfather and my father, and how it's affecting me right now. so if you have any questions or queries, please email me at info at dearblackwoman.org that is info at dearblackwoman.org I will leave information in uh, in the comment box below so here we go at this moment I'm currently looking after my grandfather um, who is dying this man who came over to England from the Caribbean in the 1950s and my grandmother followed suit two years later. This man who found a home, found a job driving trucks up and down the M1. My grandfather claims that he was the first black man to drive a truck lorry up and down the M1, where there were no street lights, no motorway lights for him to see. But come rain or snow, he was on that journey, delivering goods to different companies. As a black man, he was very proud, proud of his job, proud for the work that he was doing for England. This is my grandfather, a proud, domino black man, a pillar of his community. will go to church every Sunday. Be part of the possession. Carrying the cross of Jesus Christ. Up and down the aisles of Church of England. That's my grandfather. My grandfather that would say the Lord's Prayer every supper. Making sure that I was listening. <laughs> Squeeze my elbows if I was messing about my grandfather, making sure that I and 11 others of his grandchildren were looked after. Never really left me out. When my mum was out there working and was working late, it would be my grandfather that would pick me up from the nursery, making sure that I was kept and kept clean. I remember the times when my grandfather wait, waited for me to finish off my, let's say, strawberry jam sandwiches. I felt it was important that I could not leave nursery without finishing my strawberry jam sandwich. <laughs> it was one of, the, one of many memories that I have of my grandfather. That he would watch me cut my sandwiches in two, then say, then ask me if I was going to offer him a piece, then watch me shake my head and say no, (laughs) because it's my strawberry jam sandwich. (laughs) But he would laugh, and he knew that I would make him another one anyway. That's my grandfather. And now for me to look after him, while way the tables have turned, I am now making strawberry sandwiches for him now. Whew. Sorry Av as I cry, but my grandfather was the first man that taught me Of what a man is. Now, whether it was right or wrong, he was my example. <laughs> my granddad was my example of what a man should be protected, provider, coverer, a pillar of his community father now for me to lay down with him next to him as he cries out in pain I've watched his body decay just three months ago he was walking independently with my grandmother followed behind him making sure he's ate and shaved I watched the union of these two, my grandmother and grandfather, celebrating their 65th wedding anniversary in two weeks' time. Six, seven, yeah. That's a miracle in itself. But we are talking about two people who came together in a different era, who came together, let's <laughs> say, all oh, goodbye, cook. You married despite the challenges that they faced that nothing could keep them apart not even land or sea that they made a promise before the congregation and God that to death do them part they will not leave each other's side and I see that my mother upholding her promise that she will not leave my grandfather's side until death does them part. And I'm sitting between them both. My grandmother's trying to uh, put blankets on my father, for my grandfather's saying that he's cold. But well, I'm sweltering in this heat. This man once a pillar of his community is now dying before me. Only he can feel the pain, express the pain that he's feeling. And we can only empathise and comfort him the best way that we know how, but to no avail. Now to my father, he is also dying before me. Oh, what is going on? The two main father figures in my life are dying before me. This is war. Is this war on my ideals and what men are supposed to be? That they are infallible. That maybe I have hold, held men up to an esteem to the fact that I forgot they're just mere human beings. That I forgot that they die too. That I have held my grandfather and my father as supermen, thinking that no one could hold them down or even kill them. What my eyes are open to realize. Maybe I have placed so much pressures and expectations upon them that they could not even live up up to. And maybe it's about time that I must let those expectations die too. My father who taught me how to ride a bike just gave me 5 minutes of his time and there I was fri- riding free through the forest by myself. Thank you Father for that stability, holding on to me knowing that I am ok, that I am protected even from behind. Father you taught me how to ride, not just the bike but the rides of life, up and down emotions go high and low, I am protected. I thought my father was Superman, despite that he was not in the home constantly, he would come and make sure that I was okay on my birthday and Christmases, he would check in on me by phone calls, that's my father, now I'm not going to speak too ill on my fathers because I realise again, they are mortal beings maybe it was my fault that I had held them to such esteem. But during this process of death, I must lay that to rest and set myself free. And I apologise to all those other men that I have held such an esteem thinking that you had to fill my expectation to what a man is. that I had placed my fear in you and that you would let me down again and in the way you had but my fault is that I place so much pressure on you and so has the world and I apologise for that during this process of death it's allowed me to realise that I have to put to death those expectations because I too am raising a future father. In conclusion, what I have learned, or still yet learning, that even the most loving parents damage their children with the best intentions to protect them to guide them to better them i myself am guilty of this being a parent to a young black male i am fear that every time he steps out of the door that the risks of him being violent in a violent attack scares me he is tall so he stands out amongst you know his peers in class and even in basketball that I have to tell my son, not only good goodbye and have a nice day, but it's also added by, okay, by, be careful who you hang around with. Listen to your conversation. Be careful what you speak. Because once you say it out of your mouth, you cannot retract what you say. And that what you say may cause an offence, which then in turn can, con- can cause a violent outbreak the fact that i have to teach my son these things it's in a society that is perpetuating male violence and that when we watch the news my son and i we read the papers we hear talks and conversations from other people that have just lost their son their lives have been cut short by knives or gone crying, that my conversation with my son on a daily basis has to be added with protect yourself, be wary of your surroundings, don't go there, don't go here, just make it back home in time, and now I realise that I have projected my fear upon him, Where all he wants to do is put on his headphones, listen to his rap music and just go along about his business. But me being a hypersensitive parent is only looking out for his future. But maybe I'm again projecting my expectations that he will have enough sense and common sense to heed what i'm saying and able to judge his surroundings and make it back home so yeah the point is that parents are just people people with flaws struggles and impaired judgment people with emotional or intellectual handicaps, people with personal blockages and limitations regardless of their parental role. People who make mistakes and who are terrified of being judged by their children. Yeah. I'm in fear of myself that have I taught my son enough to make it through this world. I am judged by my own standards that have am I loving enough? That if I don't teach my son about the qualities of this of this world, have I then given him enough tools? That's my fear, because if I haven't given him enough tools to make it through this world, then have I not loved? Again, my own expectations fails me again. I have to see myself, that I am a fallible human too. Another thing that I've learned is to keep my expectations low. Why? Because in many ways, the effect of a difficult parent has on us is fueled by our own feelings of injustice, of being wronged. And the belief that things could be different or should be different. In other words, our expectations dictate how we feel. We need to let go of our expectations and accept that our parents for who they are. We can't expect someone with, or say, a narcissistic personality disorder to act with empathy and kindness. No more than we can expect a scorpion not to sting. Interesting. Difficult parents are way easier to deal with when I accept that they won't change. So, I don't expect them to change. So, I won't be disappointed or hurt. This I'm definitely experiencing right now is not to fall into the guilty trap. Hmm. Difficult parents have a way of making us feel that we are always in the wrong Mm. so my my advice is to not fall for that it's hard um yeah Robin, yeah. I say all that to say this that it's okay to see our parents not as superhumans but with our own with their own thoughts difficulties and